Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. If you're going to inspire a fascist coup in your capital, it's no Twitter for you. It's episode number 222 and it's Chris Brammer here joined with a rotated squad from last week's episode. A fully rotated squad with the exception of me, so it's not fully rotated at all. What a horrible analogy. Joining me for this FA Cup special is Tom Thrower. How are you, Tom? I'm good. I feel like Stephen Fletcher coming back from injury. So um, apologies <laughs> for when I have to leave the podcast in the 10th minute because I've strained a vocal cord. <laughs> God, how, how even even you making a joke there just makes me depressed <laughs> at the situation that we That's... find ourselves in where Stephen Fletcher, who we signed on a free, who's 33 years old, who's been brilliant this season... But how bad we are without him in the squad! It's quite a, quite a, a time. Of course, it was <sighs> Stoke City nil, Leicester City four. Do you remember the other week where we were like, at least we're not conceding silly amounts of goals again? Well, the, I wish I had not said a thing. There were three word reviews then from that match. Play Jordan Cousins, reinforcements desperately needed. Concentrate on the league. Not very good. <laughs> That's absolutely right. <laughs> Goal, ooh, goalless pattern developing. We'll talk about that one, Tom. You said stop Sam Vokes. They're, they're bloody good. Played, the cup, played cup winners. Not good enough. Who actually cares? Outclay, outclassed, outplayed, out. Uh, nothing final third. Vokes is embarrassing. Embarrassing. Need a striker. Tom, it wasn't the nicest of days. We will say that. Um, how do you feel? Uh, emotionally, and also, you know, using your head. How? What's your takeaway from that game? Um, that, that Leicester are way better than us and we really shouldn't get upset. That's... I, I'm... I'm I was... <laughs> I f- right, right. Well, I, before you go any further... What I, I recognise, there's only two of us, only two of us this time. So it's not like we can have too much of differing opinions and I feel that you are going to come in with this very level-headed, don't worry, whatever. So I feel I need to take the role of Jeremy Paxman in this interview and and, and try and throw some of the, the alternative positions at you. Okay. Just okay. before you start, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is one to make everyone feel old. I remember when Dave did this, he did a bit, he did a Newsnight yeah, yeah. bit when I was first Hughes out, way back in the old... Hughesnight! <laughs> oh my God, Hughesnight! How, how did I forget Hughesnight? God, I feel bad for just... I, I, what what a unique idea I thought I'd come up with just then on the spur of the moment. No, we did this a few years ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a clip show. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so you are you are not worrying about any of that. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not not worrying about it. Uh, as my three word review said, I have a very specific concern, um, but I feel there's a lot of uh, sort of a structural criticism of, of everything at the minute, and specifically of O'Neill, um, which I think is potentially ignoring the uh, the moving parts at the minute in the squad and things that have happened which have forced hands. And that's not just Campbell's injury. It's 
loads of other things. But yeah, I, I, and Leicester are just too good. Man, they are third. They're a point off the top of the Premier League. I know, I think we've always had this thing and it happened in that pre-season game last season um, when we like narrowly lost to them and a phobie missed a penalty, Sam Vogt okay. missed a penalty. I don't know, penalties. Um, because we were the biggest team in the Midlands and then Leicester had the indecency to win the league at the same time as we decided to get relegated. <laughs> I think we often don't give Leicester the credit that they, especially in judging what they're like as a team, as they deserve. Yes, they are very good. Leicester are a very good side. Uh, there are no, There is no doubting their position, but would you not at least even expect us to be able to pass the ball well? Like even taking everything aside and taking aside the fact that it was going to be a difficult game, Leicester probably want to go and try and win this cup. The fact though, it just came across that they weren't particularly good or trying or I don't know. They gave up certainly towards the end. It felt like, but they, I, I, Leicester are good, but they didn't even have to prove that they were good, really. No, but I think that maybe speaks to their quality a little bit because it, it, I think, yeah, no Vardy, no Madison, but that squad is so bloody good. But yeah, there are some key players who are not even delivering to like an okay standard. Um, and that is frustrating, but I think maybe explainable. Um, please, please do, please explain. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like... Um, since we lost Campbell, we've sort of taken that attitude of... And, and actually, our entire structure under O'Neill is based off this idea of we keep games relatively tight, but especially post-Campbell, it seems to have been an idea of, look, we've we've lost our talisman, we've lost our attacking drive, uh, so we're going to ensure that games are decided on narrow margins. Now, in the championship on a whole, that's worked out fine. Like, we have been able to control or keep games to a level. Um, that means we don't get bombed out. Now, against Leicester, who go one goal up against the run of play, really, after 20, 25 minutes, whatever it was, and it was a screamer from, uh, yeah, the man who would have made Nathan Jones a king um, if, he'd have, if he'd have bloody come. Um, and I think that the squad, because I assume the squad are, are all bought in on this and O'Neill has been very clear that it's, look, we're going to keep things tight until January where we might be able to expand ourselves attacking-wise um, in the transfer market. So so keep it all together, keep it tight, but you go 1-0 one one down 25 minutes in against a team who you know are much better than you and you know that you probably don't really care about the cup. And it was against the run of play. And it was a good goal from a situation that you would want someone to shoot from. You'd, you'd say, look, if you're going to shoot from anywhere, please shoot from in front of all of our players uh, with our keeper sighted from about 25 yards. You'd say, yeah, go for that. Um, and that 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 keeping it tight attitude is blown out the window by an incident like that. So I think the players maybe get a bit rocked by that and understand that, with our current tools at our disposal, we can't really challenge 
something once that's happened in a match, if that makes any sense. I, it, I mean, it makes sense whether I whether I buy it. It's a, di- <laughs> a different. Well, main, mainly because, like, don't get me wrong. I do not think I expected us to. I didn't expect us to win yesterday. I expected that, like, the game to be our exit from the cup. I don't think I expected it to be such a drubbing. I because you know I'd see, or even if it was, I expected us to at least make a, a decent account of ourselves. Like the Spurs game where we got knocked out of the League Cup was tough, but we, I, we, we were, you know, it, it wasn't like a embarrassing, embarrassing game. And I kind of felt yesterday that not only was. Not only did we let Leicester just walk through us in many ways, it also kind of just felt like we. It felt sloppy, you know. Uh, mid, I mean, I just mentioned midfield-wise. There, it, it was it was seemingly non-existent. Um, oh, I, and as for Jacob Brown, has had a lot a lot of pelters thrown at him, and I kind of feel that's a little bit unfair. But also, I don't know. It's what what can he do? Like, there's no one around him. We're asking him to just run on, and, and hold up. I don't know what we're... I actually don't know what we're asking him to do because he's... I mean, he, he's not an amazing footballer, but he's also really young and he's clearly one that we've bought to try and develop a little bit further. It just kind of felt like... Yeah, I think your your description of it felt like we were trying narrow margins, try and lose by the least, or try and be quite solid at the back. When that came undone, there was no other like they didn't keep that resilience. But equally, like there was no, it didn't feel like there was even an attempt to threat too much. I don't know. I I wouldn't. Yeah, I think I probably have missed out on what I wasn't trying to justify what it was. There was some really poor performances I thought Klukas and McLean are shadows of the footballers they were last season which is really scary Um, and he's killing us that entire left-hand side of the pitch was mostly McLean Klukas with votes in front of him and it's just like right we cannot we cannot threaten down that half we cannot build through that half we are carrying half of a football team you're not going to do very well against a team who are third in the third in the country Um, I think I was more trying to explain than justify, as in sort of put put a, a framework for why that happened, why there was those bad performances on it, not to say, oh, well, you know, we, we try and keep yeah, yeah. it, and if it doesn't work, blah. And I know, I, I think, I don't know, it was crap, and it's never nice to lose 4-0, but I think, I think I'm not going to get hung up on it. Well, there's the added the added bonus, I guess, that this game means nothing. We were not going to, as as lovely as a cup run is, it kind of isn't a priority. Um, you you very rarely see second tier clubs go and 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 win the damn thing, let alone get too far in it. And and I, and I, it wasn't something I was really bothered about, like the. The implications of the result are not what I'm bothered about. It was more just the performance in general. Like I would rather if if you know we got dumped out of these cups, but we gradually improved in the league and we saw better performances in the league, then that's that's 
I'd be okay with that. But I think the issue is, and I think some fans take further issue in the fact that we are worryingly goalless. And we are going through this patch where, despite the fact that we're still eighth, somehow still eighth in this league, we're also just, we're not particularly good. We're not really entertaining to watch, but also we just don't seem to, even with rotated squad, we just don't seem to be able to put the ball forward and be able to create stuff. Like, I'm watching a few of these cup games today and granted the the implication of big games for the likes of Crawley and that but they the teams in like lower divisions are able to create stuff and and be able to push themselves forward it just ups, annoys me that we just seem to be very stale at the moment I guess and I don't know how you refresh that how do you refresh that Tom you get rid of Sam Vogue I, I like I, I don't mean this as an attack on him and I feel it must be hard to be a footballer who was previously considered good and has had a lot of money spent on you to constantly be so shit. <laughs> but my God, like, I think um, I think um, someone in our group chat, Harry, made a joke that we genuinely would be better playing with 10 players. And, I, and I'm, I'd agree. I, I do not, <laughs> I, 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 I think he, I think this is why Jacob Brown has come in for so many pelters because he is, he was never really expected to be sort of an instant impact first team player. I don't think. I think he was supposed to sort of compete with Tyrese for that right wing role. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because of the injuries, he's not only been thrust into attack. <laughs> he's having to play with an actual lump of concrete next to him. <laughs> if I know lump of concrete's not even right, because if he managed to kick a lump, kick kick a kick a ball to a lump of concrete at the right height, it would win a flick on. Mm. Sam Vokes is the man who jumps and gets smaller, who stands still and gets like uh, <laughs> runs and gets slower. He's the, he is he is the internal contradictions of capitalism that will eventually bring him <laughs> to to its knees. He is uh. he is pain and suffering. He is an awful thing to watch week in week out, and I just want it to end. I don't know how it ends, but I just want it to end. Uh. You're going to get... I mean, if it wasn't bad enough already, that's the podcast getting on a list for being... Oh, they're trying to spread cultural Marxism right there, Tom. That's no, Ma- no that's not cultural Marxism. It's not even It's literal. No, it is literal Marxism. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> oh, sociology jokes. These are fun, aren't they? Um, it's... Yeah, I mean... Listen, Sam Vokes, I don't think anyone is... Looking at the three-word reviews, a lot of people agree with your assessment there of, of Sam Vokes. The only... You, you get rid of Sam Vokes, though, and I still don't think that this team... He doesn't fix all our problems, really. Like, yeah, he's he's... Things would be better if he could win a flick on and we could hold the ball up in the final third. That would be mint. Um, and we certainly are better at doing that when the when Stephen Fletcher is uh, not broken. But uh, the problem you've got, obviously, is Sam Vokes is going nowhere. He's on a probably on a big wage. He came in for a lot of money. Like, what are we gonna do? And so everyone who's we asked the question of how do you you know what are you looking at? Who should Stoke be looking at? People suggesting strikers and stuff. We still have Vokes. We have Gregory. Like they're not. 
the, the the best you can probably hope for is that they'll get someone who can play striker but also plays out wide. Um, and they've done that with um, with with Rabbi, um, who interestingly, what did I mean? He didn't really do too much. But what was your? Uh, yeah, he was not necessarily hung out to dry. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. I, I think um, something that was clear when he was on was he has no idea how we play. That was very, very clear in the first 10 minutes of him playing because he was, I mean, you could literally see it on the pitch. You could see Brown on the right wing was doing that because we do press. We just don't do it at like a full throttle Jürgen Klopp <laughs> style. We do definitely force teams to keep the ball at the back. And you could see Brown making those runs from uh, shadowing his fullback behind him, but running towards the centre-back to to squeeze the pitch. And then on the other side, you've got Rabi Matondo almost playing as a left wing back, just marking his fullback like. And yeah. I understand it. He's a young kid who's, who's probably trained. I think he I think he only trained on Friday. Mm. So I'm not I'm not blaming him for that. I, I, I think what I'd say is slow burner. Let's not jump yes. to it. Um, one thing I would say is that it seems a really good not Stoke transfer, if that makes sense, is in just it's the way a, it's all structured. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because do you know what? It's a. I was thinking this as well in terms of if there. I mean, has it been confirmed that there's like a, a purchase option? I think Bill was... in Germany have said there is, yeah. but Pete Smith keeps saying, very... keep saying Stoke and Schalke are very quiet about it. Yeah. Which is very interesting, isn't it? But it isn't a very Stoke Stoke deal. Stoke, we me- we mess these things up. Because um, I was thinking this the other day. Because some I read a a discussion on the internet. Because why? Where else? It's not like I speak to people in real life, is it? Uh, not any, not anymore. Thanks, COVID. Uh, but so I was reading someone, and uh, forgive me, I can't remember who it is. So sorry, I cannot give the credit to to them. But there was a suggestion that, you know, Leicester and teams like them and Southampton, uh, they're, they're doing things relatively well. And someone made the equal point that, well, they're teams that have gone through quite a messy financial situation, administration even, and had to rebuild. And so there has been an emphasis on renewed renewedness. Um, and that for, for us, we've had the same owners now for 20 plus years. And they're isn't that impetus for radical change. Something we've pointed out before, we're not going to change the directors of football. We're not going to overhaul this whole system, um, at least <laughs> as much as I think we would all like that. Um, that isn't happening. Um, I, I don't and, know. So, and, I, I, I'd, I'd suggest that it, it's happened. It's it's in the process of it and, it, and it's come through the wrong means. Like, it's come from <laughs> Michael O'Neill being pissed off that our club is operating transfer market wise in the dark ages um, so 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 and i think i think the reason it hasn't happened was because we had pulis and hughes who are both autocrats and yes. just totally fine with having all of the power in the world um and then you have you have lambert rower jones not here long enough to do anything about it and sort of firefighting other fires mm. and going well that one can leave o'neill puts those fires out and you see him start at the start of the summer talked about that the club needed to do work in the recruitment department, not 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 in terms of not players. In terms of the players. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously we have to bring players, but we have to yeah. establish a system and then we hire this um Alex Aldridge from Millwall. So 
and yes. then he and then and then we've been we were in the summer advertising for um analyst roles for both yeah. recruitment um opposition all this kind of stuff you presume we'd hired people i mean if you look so, on the internet there's there's no so shortage what, of good from people. from from all that then tom what would you what would you looking at that what do you think the new system is what do you think they're trying to do I don't know. I think it's it's just a it, it's a modern system, and if you look at Matondo on loan, um, and then you've got um, who have we been linked heavily with? Um, Doty from Doughty from Charlton and Pickering from like, Crew. Um, Doty, let's call him that. That makes it sound so cute. <laughs> those those two types of players are the types of transfer that teams who do well in this division make like Brentford, sign a player who's been killing it at the lower level and mm. think you can make a step up. I mean, I've seen, yeah. Some, yeah, someone suggested, this was a conversation from last week, someone suggested that we need to be looking the same and my, my point to that was, I, like, who? Because I'm, I'm sure there are, there are, but there are also 10 other clubs in this division who are trying to do a similar system and so they'll be sought after players regardless um, I asked the question today who should Stoke be looking at whether it be a lower league person or someone not getting a game uh, Doty was a suggestion uh, Charlie Charlie Kirk was another one um, <laughs> Robin Tunstall said Tom Pope <laughs> Just, just because he says because I hate I, I hate our fan base. Bless. Um, so want someone want someone in the team who shares the same opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, like certainly the signing of Jacob Brown seemed to be that type of signing, and I'd even suggest that Adam Davis and R.I.P. Liam Lindsay were similar similar sort of signings as well. Like they were. When we first came down, there seemed to be an emphasis on signing, still signing Premier League th- players, even if they were a little bit lower down. But like we signed a Tebo, um, we we were signing big, big expenses on players when we first came down. It seems that there is a a definite change in emphasis, and I would agree with you entirely on that. Um, but I just find it very, I don't know. Is it interesting? Yeah, I guess it. I guess it is. I just I don't know how much faith I have that still in this in this recruiting department, you know. And I think that's the thing with these types of systems is that they uh, the the thing they understand more than anything is that sort of a, a moneyball esque situation that you don't you can't just go out. I mean, we could when we first came into the championship. You can just go out and spend more than anyone and sign the players who are up for transfer fees that other teams can't afford. Um, but because you can't do that, because you realise that you have to look in other departments, it's all really risky. Ralph Hassan here yeah. did nearly did, was like was Southampton looked like they were on the brink. Yeah. They got beat nine nil by Leicester. Nine nil, eight nil, seven nil. Yes, it was a huge result. And then from there it changes because you have to take that risk, accept the risk, and wait. Because you aren't going to get these instant things. So I think that's the, the horrible thing that we all have to go through is sitting there going, shit, are these like any good? Are they going to win us any games? Oh, I don't know. If you were in a position then where you were controlling the club's philosophy and looking at where we are now, so bear in mind we're eighth now, and your job 
was right. We need to... It'd be great if we could push for the playoffs, but it's not necessary. But what we need to do is we need to show gradual improvements. We need to increase and improve this squad. Would you be looking for tried and tested or would you be going lower down the league? Um, I think I'd go young because I think the tried and tested batch of the squad is there and is doing enough at least for now. Um, and I think that seems to be with the players we've been linked with. I mean, signing Matondo was a kind of obvious Campbell replacement, but being linked with another winger it shows sort of a realisation that we're looking at the squad and going, well, Tom Ince isn't worth anything and is useless. James McLean is old and post-COVID a zombie of his former self. Um and going, well, look, there you go. That That isn't a problem necessarily right now. I mean, it is a problem right now because we don't have Campbell. But uh, yeah, let's pretend McLean's performing at the level he was anyway. Contract's coming up. He's getting quite old. He needs replacing. So invest in someone who's not there yet, not at a, a top level yet, because you're going to be able to do that cheaper. And I think that is a... It's not a thing that you just do for forever because you turn into Brentford and that's risky as hell. Um, and you have to do it very, very well. But you just, it, it seems like we're looking at the squad and going, oh, I don't know. I mean, I saw, I think Stoke Analytics, or I've probably cocked that up. I think that's what mine was called. Um, City Analytics did a quite a good longish read. And they had a one of these sort of, I don't know how to describe them. They're the, they're the graphs where they have the age of the player and the amount of minutes they're played. And it looks swooshy because you see the line of their contracts as well. And we're this, we've got this new thing where we've got a huge group of players in the top left-hand corner, which are uh, before prime age players playing a big percentage of our minutes. And I think that is a model that we are on and going to continue going down. So yeah, not tried and tested. I would take risks right now because this season's this season and we're building for next season. Can I'm inclined to agree with you, but then the amount of people who want a like a recognizable striker, they do every season, I know this. <laughs> but who want a recognizable striker who can come in and because because everyone feels that that is what we need, we just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. Um and so you do get names like Connor Wickham or Dwight Gale or these these names that have been around for a, a good long time that people seem to will will hang a hat on. But you can understand when people are frustrated with the likes of Sam Vokes and and feel that we are a decent finisher away from finishing being able to do stuff. You can understand why people would want a, rather than take a risk on a player who may not be able to come out of this and uh, come up a division and do well rather than take a risk why would they not go for a player who uh, they seem to know what they're going to get um i would i would i'm going to stick my neck out on the line uh and and say look at qpr qpr have just signed charlie austin on loan i think because you know that's the kind of people striker people always link with stoke and say will will do well. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say Charlie Austin will not score 
any more goals than Stoke strikers combined in the rest of the season. He won't. He won't do it anymore. He won't. He won't be this heralded figure who saves QPR season. Um, and that's why we shouldn't, because they don't work. Like the the example of it working is Dwight Gale from three seasons ago, two seasons ago, who bagged a load of goals and did really well, but also in a really good attacking team with Jay Rodriguez and Harvey Barnes. So, like, I don't think just throwing um, throwing yourself at a striker who's probably not played at all this season is any good. I am glad that Jermaine Defoe is now 38 and people are no longer linking him with us. Because that was... For a good while, that was that was the that was the name, wasn't it? Oh, God, I feel like it's a, to a, gosh, getting to a point where Jermaine Defoe, it feels like, oh gosh, that's going back in time a little bit, isn't it, for people? I saw someone the other day on Twitter say that, oh, when they were nine, their favourite player was Dean Whitehead. And I'm like, when you were nine? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that possible? How is, oh gosh, <laughs> that wasn't that long ago, surely. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a, a ramble. Um, yeah, I, I think the the football, the football fan, and the 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 person who wants to who wants to invest in the club, the club's like long term path, would go for the like oh, let's sign a young player and see how they do and take a risk. I think yeah, that's that's definitely the more romantic position, isn't it? Um, but I I do empathise with fans who are fed up and just want us to solve the situation by <laughs> buying good players I completely get that um, it's just also financially not rewarding for us as a club you've got to consider that unfortunately as well um, here's a question for you a genuine genuine question for you what do you think is the highest like, wh- how far can O'Neill take us? Oh, bloody hell. Because, because I was thinking this quite... I, in my moments of doubt, this isn't a, and this isn't a reflection on O'Neill, but I came to the... I I was thinking about it yesterday and thinking about, like, how this club is and uh, thinking, like, how... I wonder... Because I everyone, I think, is assuming we are just... Oh, once everything comes together, we'll just go up the league and get promoted. And I, I'm not as convinced by it. I I think we're in this division for a long time, and that's not because I think Michael O'Neill's a bad manager. I just think that we're at a stage now where I don't know. I I just don't. I don't. I don't feel like this. This under this current system under. It may change. It may change, but I just feel like we're we're in this division for a, for a good while now, Tom. I don't know. I I can totally understand. Um, I think it's because think on Football Manager they're still in the Championship and Sean Dyche is there. <laughs> uh, I I think O'Neill's football is one that 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 leaves a lot of room for that that uh, sort of neutral-ish pessimism of well you know we'll be competitive but we haven't got that that ruthless streak or we aren't clearly that much better than everyone but 
I mean, again, it's really hard because you've got you've got very little to base it off. You've got Northern Ireland, who basically would scrape through everything and and ask, will that work for a club side in, yeah. in a in a, a forty six game league season? I don't know, and I, I'd 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 neutral hat on would doubt it, but I'd say from what I've seen so far of O'Neill that. When push comes to shove, and when we aren't facing an injury crisis, when we do have key players available, that we'd get through. Because that's the thing, Tyrese Campbell. If he was in our squad, if he doesn't get injured against Cardiff, I don't think anyone would give a crap about us losing to Leicester, even if we lost four nil and looked terrible. Because I don't think we'd have struggled. And that's the thing with this bloody awful league that is so horrible that you. You lose your best player, you limp along and you're still somehow eighth, but then you start realising, well, if we didn't have the if we didn't have the crap decisions against Norwich and Watford, you get points. You don't lose Tyrese Campbell, you have someone there who creates chances and beats everyone up, you get points. And then suddenly you look at the table and realise it takes about four points for us to be in the <laughs> automatic places and you get yeah. really upset and angry. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, how- yeah no no no, I, I I I agree, I agree. I guess in my in my moments of of negativity as you as you put it i just sometimes do think like i was watching the interview uh with the new guy who was like saying oh you know this is a club who who've been in the premier league and this is that's where they belong and i do wonder at what point that stops being a thing that stops being a drawing factor for players it stops being a oh yeah well we just we, we need, that's what we're working towards how many how many seasons realistically can Stoke stay in this division without them then just becoming another part of the the mire, and and then and then at that point it does take a radical overhaul of a system. Counterpoint: uh, Rabbi Matondo did not sign for us because we used to be a Premier League club. Because no, he signed for us because he likes Michael O'Neill and he likes Tyrese Campbell and their yeah. best mates. And that's, but that's that's it. I don't. Th- I, I need to 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 meet to meet that with more pessimism. We are already <laughs> in the mire. We are yeah, already no, we a are, team are. who are. If nothing changes, we will be in this division for a long time to come. Uh, but then it's weird this 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 division because I'd say the more and it feels. Um, it's weird. The more you stick with a manager, the more you let them build, it seems in this division that it works. Because even if you look at Brentford, they've kept their model, they've kept the same. Thomas Frank was Dean Smith's assistant manager, so mm. they gave him the job. For that. Oh my God. So are you telling me that should Michael move on? <laughs> Billy, Billy McKinley. McKinley. <laughs> oh, Tony will love that with his impressions. Oh, it'll be great. Or someone like, and I know he's getting a bit stick at the minute because of uh, their useless defence, but someone like Tony Mowbray at, at mm. Blackburn has been there for a while now, I feel. And it's a weird, I think you just let let managers, it, 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 and I think this is probably comes back to where we're going with the new system. Michael O'Neill is going to be the manager. He is not going to be the club driver. He will get the players he gets given by the transfer department he will bring them together in a cohesive style that is best for the players that that we've managed to get a hold of, and then we will go from there. It won't be 
um, like the Nathan Jones project of here I am, I am Nathan Jones, I am the saviour, I will change everything about this football club, um, I will be in charge of all of it, I will do it all, <laughs> here we go. It will be a very slow grind that might even surprise us. We might finish this season, not be as good next season, and then suddenly the season after, you start running away with the league, and you're like, I don't really understand, that doesn't make sense. To, to bring my pessimism up again, my concern is that as a fan base we don't have the patience <laughs> and that is always going to be covid covid's never ending we Good aren't point. ever going back to a football say i'm never leaving my i'm i'm literally <laughs> never going back to my place of work ever again this is my my place of work is just here in my my room here where i sit ah oh, great fun um we we we're, we're running out of time tom and I already know that because of our technical issues, this one's going to be a fun one to edit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap us up here, Tom. It's, that was actually a really good conversation, and I very much enjoyed picking your brain. It wasn't so much the adversarial Jeremy Paxman interview that I was that I I thought of in my head, but it was still nice. Um, of it course, was yes, camaraderie, discussion, <laughs> and, and, and and strife and agreement. You with the Marxism again, eh? Here he is again. <laughs> um, if yeah, I, do you know what, listeners? If you've got all the way through this podcast, hopefully you have, um, and you have any thoughts on that, please send us a tweet or a message or whatever. On, specifically on Marxism. None of the. <laughs> oh, don't do that because you know we're going to get someone who's going to. Who, who, who doesn't know what Marxism is and is going to message us. I can't. I, I don't want to discuss <laughs> politics too much. I do with you, Tom. I always enjoy our political discussions, Tom, but they're not for the podcast, you know? People. Okay don't need that um but no what i was actually going to say was that i do think that um if you have a point that you'd like to make about this yeah give us a message because i think it will be a continuous discussion when we look about this evolving system and yeah are you positive or are you feeling pretty damned negative about the whole the whole thing um tom if people wanted to chat to you about it where would they find you um, they would find me rifling through their garbage for Compromat or alternatively <laughs> on Twitter at yep. Sussex Stokey. Of course. Uh, you can obviously follow the podcast at Wizards of Drivel. We are also on the Facebook if you're still on that thing. Uh, don't know. Some people aren't. Some A lot of people left Facebook, didn't they? <laughs> a lot of people left Twitter too, but they won't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, we are not on parlour. I just want to point that out. <laughs> and as Dave put in the tweet, Donald Trump is also banned from this podcast. Uh, so tough, tough to you, mate. <laughs> That's the thing that will really hurt him. <laughs> ah, yes, it will. Um, okay. Next time, who who are we playing next? I don't know. I've not looked. I've not done a any research. Match. Um, Blackburn, Blackburn, Blackburn. Oh, quickly then, Tom. How do you feel that one's going to go? Badly. Good. Nice and positive there. I agree. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Uh, what a! I hate this period. It's so <laughs> stressful. But it could be worse. We could have been knocked out by Crawley. <sighs> Anyway, thank you, Tom, for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Oh, until the next time, go on Stoke. Thank you for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. If you like what you hear and have not done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you got your podcast from. Like us a lot? Then please tell your friends and family about us, or even leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast grow. You can follow the pod at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel, and subscribe for all extra podcasts at patreon.com. Thanks once again for listening. Go on, Stoke.